has nothing to do with me, but I'll show you why. You're about to get a blessing this morning. Guaranteed blessing. Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. I had some people reach out to me about Wednesday night, because about halfway through the Wednesday night service on Facebook Live, it went dead on us. And uh, I had some people reach out and was asking me, why did that, what happened, what happened? Well, what you missed out on if you weren't here is I got to talking about the vaccine. And by some coincidence, that's when they turned my live feed off. It went dead. And everything else was working fine. It was on Facebook's side. But don't talk about the vaccine. I probably just messed up talking about the vaccine. They probably already kicked me off. Just saying the word vaccine probably got me kicked off Facebook. We're, we live in a free society, amen? You have a right to do what you want to do. Right, right until it's, it's your body, your choice, if you want to kill a, kill a child in your womb, but right... But when it comes to the vaccine, it's not your body and your choice in their eyes. Revelation 1.1. Revelation 1.1. We're going to see why we're going to get a blessing this morning. It's guaranteed. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Notice it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. This was Jesus Christ's revelation. He was kind and gracious enough to give it to John. Uh, our Bible says, uh, or like the top of my Bible says, the revelation of St. John the Divine. And it was his writings. He wrote it down, but it's actually the revelation of Jesus Christ there in verse 1. He must come short, he, which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now, he, there's John. Verse 2, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now, that's John that wrote the gospel of John, that beloved one that, that was leaning with Jesus on his bosom at the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 3. Here's your blessing. Here we go. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. That verse right there promises you this morning you're going to get blessed if you're reading it with me, or you're hearing it being read, the book of Revelation. So no, no matter what happens this morning, Amen. You got a blessing. You got a, that's right. You're blessed if you read any part of this Bible. But this is the only part here that you're promised a blessing. Blessed is he that readeth, or they that hear the words of this prophecy. So this is a book of prophecy, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now notice in verse 4 it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. There were seven distinct churches that John wrote this book of prophecy, and he sent it out to Ephesus, he sent it out to Philadelphia, he sent it out to Smyrna, to Laodicea, he sent it out to those churches. Here's what you need to know. If you weren't at church, you didn't get the letter. Jesus didn't say to send it out to the seven people sitting on their couches, not at church. He says, send it to the churches. So when you're not at church, you're missing out on some things. I really believe that. Christ moves like that. Grace be unto you in peace. Look, from him which is, he's a priest right now, and which was, Christ was a prophet, and which is to come, he's king of kings. Amen, priest, prophet, and king. And which is come, and from the seven spirits, the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit of the Lord, that's found in Isaiah 11 too. Verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, he's never going to die again. And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him, talking about Jesus, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Praise the Lord. He loves you. 
He wants to wash you, and He wants to wash you in His own blood. And when He washes you with that blood, it's going to cleanse you of all your sin. Amen. Amen. All right, what does that do then? Then in verse 6, you become and hath made us kings. We're little kings. He's king of kings. He's made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 7. Turn to Revelation chapter 7. Verse 9. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. We're going to be in Revelation this whole, this whole morning. And after this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, that would be Jesus Christ, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. That would be like leaf palms. Verse 10, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying this, Amen. Verse, there's sevenfold blessing here. Look at saying amen. This is how they're worshiping. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. That's sevenfold. That's a sevenfold glory. Be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Turn back to Revelation 5. And I'll tell you what I'm doing this morning. Revelation, come back a couple pages. Told you you're going to get a blessing, a big blessing. I'm going to read so much scripture, you're going to get a big, a big blessing. Revelation 5:11. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. I'm going somewhere with this. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. That's 100 million. And then John adds, and thousands of thousands. So over 100 million people up there in heaven. And the glorifying God sang with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. Here's another seven times worthy. He's worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 13, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them Heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power. Fourfold blessing. The people on the earth, the creatures of the earth, that's a fourfold blessing. Because the earth is the number of the earth is four. There's four corners to the earth. There's four seasons. You got uh, you got some, you got spring, summer, winter, fall. You got four elements on the earth. You got wind, water, fire, earth. So the, the number of the earth is four. And the creatures of the earth and of the sea say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. And look at this. And unto the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ, forever and ever. I want to preach this morning on forever and ever. I'm going to show you five things in the book of Revelation. Five things in the book of Revelation that say they're going to last forever and ever. And what we just seen there is the worship of Jesus Christ and God the Father, it's going to go on forever and ever. 
Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for saving us. Lord, thank you for this book. We can read it and study it, Lord God. And Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord God. I pray, Father, that he'd lead God and teach us, Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would feed us, Lord, as, as we're your sheep, Lord God. And we want to be fed this morning from, like holy manna come down from you, Lord God, that we might feast on it, Lord God. It might be pleasant to us, Lord God. And we might understand what it means to save forever and ever, Lord. Make it real to us in our heart, Lord God. But we do pray, Lord, if there's somebody watching us or in here this morning, Lord God, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray you speak to the heart the truth, that they'd bow their head, Lord God, and just repent of their sins and get saved. Thank you for loving us and taking care of us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Forever and ever. Forever and ever is a long time. <laughs> but we say something's gonna, it's going to last forever. It's going to last forever. It's going to last forever. Well, God doesn't just use the word forever. He, uses, he says forever. And then to hammer it home, he says and ever. He just hammers on ever to the end of that. So you're seeing there in those verses I read you in Revelation 1, Revelation 5, Revelation 7, that God and the Father and Jesus Christ, they're going to be worshipped by somebody somewhere forever and ever. When this whole earth is burned up, when everything you see here, and it will burn up, according to 1 Peter, it's all going to get burned up at the end of the millennial kingdom. It's going to burn up. God's going to create a new heavens and a new earth. All this is going to disappear. This, this pulpit, this church, the buildings, everything on this earth is all going to burn. When all that's gone, when all that's disintegrated, Christ is still going to get worshipped. And we read in there because he's worthy. Seven times. He's worthy. All the false gods on this earth, Muhammad, Buddha, when they're all gone, when they're all forgotten about, when this universe is a million, trillion years old, Christ and God the Father is still going to get the word, is going to get the worship and they're worthy of it. Amen. They're the only ones worthy of it. And there's nothing, nothing that can stop the worship, the worship of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 19, do you remember the story in Luke chapter 19 when Jesus Christ was coming in and he's coming in as a king for Jerusalem and all the people were out there and they were laying down the palm leaves and they were laying down their coats and Christ was coming in on the donkey and they were all, Hosanna, 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 glory to God, the king of David, the son of David. Oh, they were just praising God and the Pharisees didn't like that and the, one of the Pharisees ran up to Christ and said, you need to tell them to stop. You know what Christ told him? Christ turned to him and he said, if they were to stop, the stones themselves would immediately cry out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You might kill me. You might get tired of me. You might be able to assassinate me, throw me in prison. You might be able to kill me. But I'm here to tell you, this earth itself is going to cry out and worship the Lord God forever and ever. The earth itself, nature itself, we just read it. All the creatures, all the, every creature which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them. But heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. I'm waking up the baby. Jesus Christ is worthy of all of that. If you don't know what I mean by that, you haven't read the book of Isaiah. When Christ comes back, in the book of Isaiah, it's described when Jesus Christ comes back, it says that the mountains will begin to sing. Can you imagine that? And they're not going to be singing rock and roll music. They're going to start singing. And the Bible says that the trees will start clapping. 
church. That's in Isaiah 55, 12. Let me read it to you. For ye shall go out with joy, but be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. Talk about Christ. Before you into singing, all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to get the glory. He's going to get worship, and it's going to be forever and ever. He's worth it. Look at Revelation 5, 14. Let me show you another one. Let's move on to the second one. And the four beasts said, Amen. So be it, is what they're saying. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Look at, uh, look at Revelation 4, 9. Get back to Revelation chapter 4, verse 9. Revelation 4, 9. And when those beasts, which we just read, give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat, on the, set up, that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before their throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Jesus Christ, God the Father, He's going to live forever and ever. Forever? Forever. Forever is a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. And God says, that's a long time. Forever is a long time. And add on another ever on there. Pow! Forever and ever. Hammers it home. Forever speaks to eternity. That speaks to... No time. See, our finite minds, we can't understand that. We can't understand eternity. We can't even begin to comprehend what it's like not to have time. And I've heard preachers use this illustration. I'll give it to you. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe, maybe you haven't. But the best way to describe eternity is to take a little sparrow and put him on a beach and take that little sparrow and let him take a grain of sand and fly up to the moon and drop that grain of sand and then come back from the moon and take another grain of sand and fly up to the moon. And when that sparrow gets all the sand of the sea moved up to the moon, that's one day in eternity. We can't comprehend that. God says, hey, it's forever. Forever's a long time. And God says, yeah, and ever. <laughs> forever and ever. He hammers it home. Christ is just not alive. He's alive forever and ever. Praise the Lord. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he rose to never die again. He rose that we will never taste death. So what Christians do, this body's going to die. But this soul is going to live forever and ever and have eternal life through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Do you understand what this Bible is telling you? When, when the Bible says you're in Christ, amen? You're in Christ. Christ is in you. Colossians, remember? Hope of glory. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You know what that says? If Christ is living forever and ever, you're going to live forever and ever. Amen. How do you have eternal life? Everlasting life. Because you're in somebody that's forever and ever. And ever and ever and ever. That's a long, long, long time. 
I'm in Christ. If he lives forever, I'm going to live forever. Jesus Christ is the only religious teacher or leader that's going to live forever and ever. Nobody ever even claimed to do that. Nobody ever claimed to have eternal life or to live for an eternity. Christ is claiming it, and I'm here to tell you that I know Christ is alive. Amen. Not only do I believe this record of giving this account that's never shown to be false of Christ's resurrection, I know that Jesus Christ is alive because he lives in my heart. And when I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save me, something spiritual happened. And he came in, and I've seen Christ working in my life. I felt Christ working in my life. Is Christ alive? He's alive. How long is he going to live? Forever. And God says, hey, don't forget that other ever. Forever and ever. Why was I created? Why were you created? Verse, six, verse 11 tells us, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I was created to please God. Are you pleasing God? I can't say I always please God, but I think it's, I know how to really please God is to uh, worship His Son. You want to get on a man's good side, brag on his son. Yeah. There's some people there in Bangs. I, you know, I lived in Bangs when my son was playing football, and I didn't know nothing about them. I don't, I don't even know their names. But after a football game would come up, they'd come by me, and they'd, say, and they'd, they'd just look at me, and they'd say, hey, your son did a really good job. And they'd keep on walking. You know what I'd say? That's a good man right there. That's a good man. I like him. I like him. Well, I heard, he, I heard he beats his wife and does all that. Yeah, I'll just forget all that. He's a good man. Yeah, when you're, when you're a dad and you have a son and you hear somebody brag on your son, ooh, that, that, that does something for you. You want to get on God's good side? It pleases him when you give Jesus Christ all the glory. You might be sorry. You might be no good. You might not be doing right. You might be living in some sin. You might be trying to fight some sin. But when you say, you know what? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, man. He's the best thing ever happened to me. Somewhere up in heaven, Father says, yeah, I like that. I like that. Look at Revelation chapter 11. Let's look at another one of these. Revelation chapter 11. So it's not enough that Jesus Christ is going to live forever and ever. Let me show you one other. This is the third one. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. So it's not enough that Jesus Christ is going to live forever and ever. We're going to find out one other thing about Jesus Christ. Verse 15, Revelation eleven fifteen, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord, and of His Christ, and He, Christ, shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Once Jesus Christ gets on that throne, you're not going to kick Him off. And they don't like that. One of the most comical things I've ever seen in my, I know I'm not that old, but one of the most comical things politically I've ever seen in my entire life is when Trump took office. And I didn't vote for Trump. And I'm not trying to get political. But when Trump took office, the, the, the other side of that, they went absolutely, completely nuts. It's like from day one, they were doing everything they could to get him. They thought they were going to get him. Uh, uh, they were going to get him. What, what do you call that, brother? When they, when they were trying to get him impeached. They, did every, they tried to bring impeachment. They even, every, it seemed like every week there was something, we're going to impeach Trump, we're going to get rid of Trump, we're going to get rid of They could not stand him being in authority. And now that he's left, they still are attacking him. And when Jesus Christ takes his throne, there's going to be some people who don't like it. 
in the millennial kingdom. There's going to be some people who don't like it. And that's tough. Because the Bible says when he gets on that throne and of his, his Christ, he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. When he gets on that throne of David, he gets off that white horse, and he finally sits on that throne of David, and he sits down on that throne. He's never going to get up, and he, I mean, he's never going to give that throne to anybody else. That's his. He's going to rule the You know what the Bible says? When he starts ruling and reigning, he's going to rule, rule with a rod of iron. You know what that says? Dictator. He's a dictator. It's done this way and that way, and if you don't do this, then off with the head. Uh, he's a dictator. Our Christ is a dictator. You read in Zechariah, it says when he sits on the throne, if they don't come up and worship him on the Feast of Tabernacles, no rain for you. He's like a rain Nazi. You ever watch Jerry Seinfeld? It's, that's what he's going to be like. No rain for you. The Bible says that if they don't come up and worship Jesus Christ on his throne at the Feast of Tabernacles, Egypt will get no rain. And all the other nations, no rain. That's, that's a dictator. Well, we can't make it up there. Tough luck. You should have come up. No rain for you. That's our Lord and Savior. He's going to reign, and he's going to reign forever and ever and ever. Praise the Lord. I'm glad the Lord's reigning. I'm sick of this political system. I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I'm ready for him to come back and take over this world and kick, look, and the kingdoms of this world, America, China, Russia, they, they are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Amen. This political system, nonsense. I don't, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I tell you how I vote. I'm a Christian. And right about now, I've had it up to here. With all of them, with all of Washington, every one of them. Do y'all remember why Trump even got in? Y'all remember why he got in? He got in because he, he was not one of the guys up in Washington. That's why all the Republicans hated him up until he got in there. And all the Democrats hate him because he's not one of them. I hate that whole political system. It's of the devil. Luke 4, Jesus Christ has offered all the... Satan says to Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4, all these kingdoms are mine and I'll give them to you if you'll bow down and worship me. The, the Lord God has been allowing the devil to run this world system because Adam gave it to him. And there's going to come a time when Christ will come down here and he's going to straighten it out. And all these kingdoms of this world... Russia, China, America, Canada, you just think of any one of them, they're, going to come all, they're all going to belong to the Lord, Jesus Christ, and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. And you're never going to be able to kick Him off. That's it. It's done. You're not kicking Him off. You ain't going to get Him off there. When Jesus Christ, when you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know what He does? He comes and he starts ruling and reigning and he sits on the throne of your heart. And you're never going to get him off. And some Christians have tried. And Christ is a good bull rider. And some Christians like a bull has just tried to buck Christ off. You know, they take Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and they're like, okay, here we go. And then they start trying to live for the Lord, trying to live back out in the world and doing all those worldly things. And man, the Lord's just right there in their heart. He's riding them just like you'd ride a bull. And they're trying to buck him off. It's like, I don't want this Christianity. I don't. And the Lord said, no, I'm already on this throne and you're not going to get me off. That's how strong a Baptist I am. 
I believe once saved, always saved. I believe once a person takes Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, they're born again, you can't become unborn. And I know there's Christians that are like, well, I don't believe in Jesus Christ anymore. Well, he still believes in you. He's still trying to rule and reign you, and he's going to make you miserable. Because once Christ gets on, a person's, on the throne of a person's heart, he's going to reign there forever and ever. He bought you. You don't belong to you anymore. You belong to him. He's not going to give you up. So if you're a Christian, you're living out in the world, and you're like, why am I so miserable? Why am I so unhappy? Why? Well, come back to Jesus Christ. Let him start running your life again. Don't forget how good it was to fall in love with Jesus. It's easy to do that. The world wants you to forget about Jesus Christ, wants you to fall out of love with Jesus Christ. They give you everything they can to make so you can love somebody other than Jesus Christ. Don't forget about Jesus Christ. You remember when you first got saved, that, that feeling? When you first took Jesus Christ, I remember it because maybe I was such a rotten sinner. That, that just like this weight was lifted off of you. And then we go out like the prodigal son and we walk out and we got this big burden and we're living out in the world and we get around the hogs and the swine and everything and we're just living out in the world and you realize, man, my father in my father's house, he's, the servants are doing better than me. Hey, Christian, come on back. Come on back to Jesus Christ. He's going to do it forever and ever. Amen. Look at Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22. I like that forever and ever. I do. I like it. I love it. I love it that it's forever and ever. Because I want the Lord to rule me forever and ever. I want the Lord to come down to this earth and rule the earth forever and ever. Because you know, I've read in this book, and Jesus Christ, He's a perfect man. He's perfect. I've never met another perfect man. I've never met anybody else that's perfect like Jesus Christ. That'd be okay when he gets on his throne. That'd be pretty good. Revelation 22, 3. Revelation 22, 3. Talking about the very end. In eternity. Look at this. Revelation 22, 3. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their foreheads. Whoa, there's your mark. God's going to stamp his name in your forehead. You're going to belong to him. He's going to, <laughs> like some of us, oh, oh, uh, some of us sheep and uh, some of us are kind of act like uh, goats and stuff like that. But he's going to tag us. Everybody, all we're, going to be, we're going to have his mark on us. Verse 5, and there shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they, talking about the Christians, shall reign forever and ever. Not only is Christ going to reign forever and ever, brothers and sisters, you're going to reign forever and ever. If you're in Christ, Christ is alive, you're going to live forever and ever. Now you're seeing that now that since Christ is going to reign forever and ever, you're going to reign forever and ever. Does that scare you? <laughs> so I, I don't know if I want to reign forever. You have the mind of Christ. You'll be sinless. And Christ will want you to do stuff for him. You'll have stuff to do for Christ. He's got stuff to do. He's got to have you helping him rule this world. And you're going to be helping him reign. But it's forever and ever. You're a part of this. You, everything that Christ has is yours. His eternal life, that's yours. His reign and rule, that's yours. Brothers and sisters, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got a great inheritance with God. Christ told his disciples and tells you, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So where I'm at, 
You can be there also. Amen. That's good, good stuff. Because if I've read my Bible right, Jesus Christ, He's pretty good. He's pretty powerful. Pretty smart. Pretty intelligent. Yeah, I think I want to be around that guy. I like him. You know, when you read that forever and ever, it kind of reminds me back in grade school. When you're in grade school, I don't know if you're like me, but you're in grade school and you find the girl that you love, and you think, this is the girl. It's the greatest girl. She's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. You know, like you're in, you're in third grade. And you're like, there's nobody more beautiful than this girl. And you're like puppy dog loving her. And, and you're giving her something, and you're talking to her, and, and, and you're behind the school, and you're talking to her, and you're like, oh, uh, uh, do you love me? And that little girl says, I love you forever and ever. And your little heart goes, you know. And then the next day at school, you see her holding another boy's hand, and you're like, that was, that was a short forever. This isn't that kind of forever, amen? This is forever and ever. And I want this to hammer home. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God, the Holy Spirit, when he's writing this to John, he's telling John to write this down. He could have said, I want you to write forever. But God says, no, I want you to write forever. And then I want you to put that word ever there. And I want you to hammer it home at the end. It's forever and ever. It's eternity. It's forever and ever. That's a long time. Is that true? This isn't that kind of forever like that little squirrel girl had told me. Look at verse 6. And he said unto me, this is, this is him, the angel, telling John. This is what he told John. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels, showing to his servants the things which must shortly be done. Notice in verse 6 he says, these sayings are faithful and true. He didn't say these sayings are, no, they might come to pass. They're kind of obscure. It's kind of hard to understand them. He says they're faithful and they're true. When God tells you it's forever and ever, you can take that to the bank. I know some people don't like that. How do you know you're saved? How do you know you're going to heaven? Because the Bible told me I'm going to heaven. When I put my faith in Jesus Christ, he says I got a place in heaven. Well, how are you for sure? Men just wrote that. Yeah, men wrote that with the help of the Holy Spirit. But how are you for sure? I'm just sure. <laughs> How you for sure? I just know. How you know? I just know. Because everything I've ever read about God and know about God, He's faithful and true. He's not like men. He's not a liar. He's not an Indian giver. He's not going to give me eternal life and then one day say, hey, I want that back. Come on, bring that back. What I know about God is He'll give me something, but He expects me to do something. We're created in Jesus Christ for good works. So I know I got a father, and he's a good father. He's not like American fathers that don't spank their children anymore. He actually will spank you and discipline you and not let you run around like a wild animal. He'll say, I don't want you acting that way, and he'll start disciplining you. Anybody in here been disciplined by the Lord? I heard a couple of amens. That's all right. You don't have to admit it. I don't like getting whipped either. I, got whipped. I get whipped all the time by the Lord. It's good. You know, what that, you know what happens when the Lord whips me and convicts me? You know what's good about that? It's just one thing. I still belong to him. Amen. Because see, like when I'm in Walmart, and I see somebody else's little heathen kids running around Walmart and knocking stuff off the shelf, and you know, just acting like little banshees, you know, I have, I'm not going to go over there and go, hey, boy, come here, and just come here. I can't do that. But when my son was with me in Walmart, he knew. I put the fear of God on him. 
Wait till we get outside. No, Daddy, no, Daddy. I can't do it here because there's cameras everywhere, but wait till we get outside. CPS can't watch me when I'm out in the car with you. I will wear you out. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And then my son, as he got older, yes, sir, started sounding like he was cussing me. You ever had that? Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, yes, sir. It's like, why don't you just go ahead and cuss me out instead of saying yes, sir? Maybe y'all get it, maybe you don't. Maybe you didn't have a son like me. But the point is, I belong to God the Father, therefore he has a right to straighten me out. He's not going to straighten somebody out that don't belong to him. He's not his right. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're not his son. So you one more. Look at Revelation chapter 14. One last one, guys. I've shown you four so far. Revelation 14. We'll close up. Revelation 14. Revelation 14, 9. Got a couple of verses I want to show you, and then we'll, we'll, we'll look at this. Revelation 14, 9. Something, there's some, one last thing to show you. This is all in the book of Revelation. These are all forever and ever in the book of Revelation 14, 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, that's the Antichrist, in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. See, then people say, that book was written by men. That book, my Bible just said there in verse 9 that the mark of the beast is going to be not on their hand or on their head. It says it's in their head and in their hand. Now, what are they trying to do now? We need to make sure you're vaccinated. So what we're going to do is, with that, what we're going to do is we're going to put a little chip in there, and then we can scan it. Now, Brother Terry, he's told me some stuff he's seen over in the Philippines that'll make your hair stand up, what they're doing. But the point is, they want to put a little chip in there, and then they go in there, and you can be scanned. Like, are you been, have you been vaccinated? Have you had all the vaccinations? What's your bank account? And they can just scan your hand, and then when you go into Walmart, and you've you're been vaccinated, you go into Walmart, and you want to buy something, all your bank, bank account information is on that little chip, and you just click, and they can just sit there. If you don't have that little chip in your hand, you can't buy, and you can't go in. It didn't say on right there, verse 9. It says, mark in his forehead and in his hand. That was 2,000 years ago. And you're seeing it come to pass in your, before your very eyes. Wake up. The Lord is coming back. I'm not worried about it. But there's some people that need to be worried about it. Anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And here's why. Verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. This God that you hear sometimes on Joe Osteen that never has any kind of wrath, never gets angry. That's not the Lord God. The Lord God is a God of wrath. He's a God of jealousy. And he's going to come down and he's a God of judgment. And he's going to judge you and you're a sinner. And you're going to answer for your sins. There's no doubt about it. Just like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going to go to heaven. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt if you don't have Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to go to hell. The, time, the, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture. Full, that's full. You got, you're going to get the full dose. In the cup of, into the cup of his indignation. And he... The one that takes that wrath of God, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's Jesus Christ. And look at verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. They have no rest day or nor night. Who worship the beast in his image and whoso receiveth the mark of his name. Wow. What I know according to the word of God is that the torment in hell for the lost man or woman is going to be forever and ever. And I don't take any pleasure in saying that. But I've got to give you the whole counsel of God. Amen. I've got to tell you the whole truth.
It would be unfair to me to make you believe that maybe you're going to get into heaven without Jesus Christ. I don't want you to, you might even be in this church this morning. You might be sitting on the pew and you might say, man, I can't wait. We're all as a group, we're going to go. It, this, being a member of this church has nothing to do with going to heaven. Being baptized has nothing to do with going to heaven. The only way you're going to get into heaven is with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way you're going to have that applied to you is by asking Jesus Christ to save you, knowing that you're a sinner. That's it. Look at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. It's repeated again. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. It's repeated again. The torment of the lost man or woman is forever. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, we call it hell, where the beast and the false, that's the antichrist, the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Forever and ever. Just like heaven is forever for me, hell will be forever for you if you're lost. Jesus called it everlasting fire. Everlasting fire. Jesus talking about hell, he said it's everlasting punishment. You're not just punished once and that's it. And you go into oblivion and you're just annihilated and you don't have no thought or no. No, your soul is eternal. And your soul's either going to live in one or two places eternally, forever and ever. You're either going to be in heaven forever and ever, or you're going to be in a lost, dying world called hell forever and ever. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Christ said in Matthew 25, 46, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. So there's just a choice this morning. Are you going to take the highway? To heaven and take Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior and say, I'm going, I know I'm going, I'm not perfect, I'm not trying to be perfect, Jesus Christ is the one that's perfect, I'm going to heaven, He's going to live forever, I'm going to live forever, He's going to reign forever, I'm going to reign forever, He's going to be worshipped forever, I'm going to worship Him forever? Or the very last option is, no, I want none of that, and I want to go down into a devil's hell with the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet, and with everybody else that's lost, and I want to burn and be tormented forever and ever. It won't be a beer party. And I've heard some people tell me that. Well, I can't wait to get to heaven. Me and my friends, we're going we're gonna to pop a top down in hell. There won't be no pops to top or tops to pop or anything like that down in hell. How are you so sure, Pastor? Because Jesus Christ describing the rich man, rich man down in hell, the rich man said, I burn and torment and flame. Dip your finger in that water and touch my tongue because I burn. That sound like he's having a beer party? No, no, he wasn't. It's real. Just like I preach and say, we're going to heaven, and some of y'all yell out, amen? Y'all should yell out, amen. Listen, there's hell. Hell is real. What's that mean to me, Pastor? That means we need to be warning people. And get, give them gospel tracts. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Tell them that there's a hell waiting. There's judgment coming. The time is short, the Bible says. He's coming. And we can see that it's coming just right around the corner. So we should be more diligent than ever to be warning a lost and dying world, hey, hell is coming. I was reading about a man, he was in China. And he was walking by a building and he looked at the sign in China and it said, eternity for sale. Eternity for sale. And he stopped, he got really curious. He goes, what, what are they doing in there? And he walked into that building, he walked to the door and it was rows and rows and rows of caskets. Eternity for sale. Amen. Because once your body goes into one of them caskets, 
It's eternity. Time exists no more for you. There is no more time. There is, oh, I'm running late. There is no more time. Eternity means no time. Can I, can I hammer home enough to you to know that when you take your last breath, then forever and ever you're going to be in one of two places, heaven or hell. There was a man that didn't know Jesus Christ, and they had been witnessing to him, talked to him about the Lord, and he kept rejecting Jesus Christ. It had nothing to do with it. He had a dream one night. And in that dream, he, was laying, he, he woke up in that dream, and he was in hell. And boy, it was fi flame and fire. It was darkness and dim, and he was burning. He could feel it. He, he said it was so real to him. It was so real to him. But he got to looking in on the clock. Of the on the wall was a clock. And on that clock, he kept looking at that clock, and the clock kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's watching that clock, and he got to looking at that clock, and he got to staring at that clock, and he noticed that that clock on the wall had no hands. And he woke up. And he laid in bed, and he's sweating. It was, that dream was so real. He's like, I was in hell, and there was a clock with no hands. And in his mind, he's like, what does that mean? And then it came to him. Eternity. Eternity. A clock with no hands, that means eternity. I'm going to be eternally in a burning, torturous, tormented place without Jesus Christ. And that guy there did the right thing, and he took Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's a blessing, that God showed him enough grace to give him a dream. I can't promise you that. All I can promise you is that if you'll take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved this morning. And no matter what happens this afternoon, you might die in a, in a, in a car wreck. Uh, you might die of a heart attack. You might go home and take a nap like my dear sister Barbara. She went home and took a nap. Uh, my sister, Bar sister in Christ, she went home and took a nap. And she never woke up. She just, Barbara Gray just took a nap and that's it. Went on to heaven. Praise the Lord for that. I'd love to go out like that. But I'm figuring the Lord's going to have me go out tortured. You know, my arm's going to be ripped off and everything. I mean, I have it coming. I know. I have it all coming. I'm probably going to be fed to the lions. But the point is, is that I know where I'm going to go. Do you know where you're going to go? When you walk out those back doors, are you sure? If you're not sure, you need to make sure. And if you're listening to me through uh, whatever way you might be listening to me or watching me, if you're not for sure, then you need to get down on your hands and your knees and ask Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I want to make sure, I want to let you know I'm a sinner. I know I died. I know you died for my sins, Lord. I want you to save me. I want to make sure I'm saved, Lord. Please save me, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm praying to you the best way I know how. Save me. You can do that anywhere at any place, and you'll get saved. But, boy, don't, make sure you got that straight. Because I'm here to tell you, the time is short. And once that time is up, then forever starts. Forever and ever. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. 
So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him